everybody. Welcome to Women in Retail Talks, the podcast where C-suite executive women in the retail space share their stories of professional growth, leadership development, personal journeys, and more. I'm Melissa Campanelli, the co-founder of the Women in Retail Leadership Circle, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Megan Tamty, the visionary entrepreneur and co-founder and co-CEO of EverEve, a contemporary fashion retailer based in Minneapolis. Today, Megan is going to be chatting with us about her career journey, why she started EverEve, the company's great work culture, and so much more. So with that, welcome, Megan. Thank you, Melissa. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Um, I'm just going to jump right in at the very beginning. Um, just please tell us a little bit about your career journey and why you decided to start Ever Eve. I understand that you had a dressing room disaster that was sort of the genesis for the company. So let, tell us all about it. Yeah, believe it or not, this entire brand, the ent- every brand started in a dressing room. I was a mom shopping for clothing that... Um, And I went shopping one day at my favorite department store. And instead of finding what I was looking for that day, I ended up um, all alone in a dressing room um, and started crying. (laughs) I cried for about 10 minutes. And I, after about crying for about 10 minutes, I pulled myself together. I walked out of the dressing room without any clothing that day. I got into my car and drove home. And it was on the drive home from that that experience that I started to reimagine what the experience could have been like. And it was literally on the drive home that the every brand was born. I started thinking about the fashion. Um, That day I wanted clothing that was contemporary, um, modern, age appropriate. I needed clothes that were comfortable. And yet I wanted fashion with a little bit of edge. I also wanted an environment. I wanted women to talk to me and help me and talk to me. I I wanted a really warm experience. And those two things, the fashion and the experience is what I started thinking about on that drive. And by the time I got home, yeah, the brand was born. (laughs) It wasn't born. It was, it was developed. (laughs) The the germ of it began. The germ, yes. (laughs) The dream was born. Yes. It took many years to develop it, but that's where it all started in a dressing room of my favorite. I mean, what what a, what a, what a simple thought though, you know, it's sort of like, you just want to have a good experience. You want to have someone that's caring for you. I mean, you, if you think about it, when you're in a dressing room, I mean, you're at your most vulnerable, you're, you're like literally standing there naked. It's like, yeah, you are, that is the most, the, the dressing room is one of the most vulnerable spots. And I, I see right. that as we style women across the country. Right. <laughs> so it's great that you realized that there was a need and, you know, yeah, I, I got home and I, I talked about it with my husband and I, I just, as I started talking to women, I'm an I'm a observer, I'm a researcher, I'm an, I don't know if you know Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram five. So I like oh. to study behavior and people and I watch the world. And I was just talking and thinking and watching other women after that. And, and I, I just came to this realization, I wonder if there are more women like me who are looking for the fashion I'm looking for in a warm environment, in a very warm, helpful high touch environment. And it turns out there were, (laughs) there are. (laughs) Which which leads me to my next sort of question here, which is that I understand that since launching, this is now 20, over 20 years ago, I believe. um, You have 18 years ago, 18. Okay. The dream was born. This is the dream was born. um, 
yeah, 25 years ago is when that dressing room experience happened, but it took us about seven or eight years to gather the courage to do it. (laughs) The brand is 18 years old. Yeah, that's a great, you know, 18 years you've been going strong and you've expanded into a retailer with over 1 million customers, um, more than a hundred stores from coast to coast, a booming e-commerce business. And then you even have a, I just learned a subscription box service called Trendsend. So what, what are, I know this is a lofty question, but so what are your secrets to success? Mm. Oh, that is, I'll narrow it down to this product. We curate contemporary fashion that's appropriate, that, that's back to that dressing room experience, that, that's age appropriate, that ha, is comfortable, has just the right amount of edge. So we're curators of product and we, we are passionate about product. So that is a huge part of our success. We know our customer very well. We know who she is. We, we, we have a deep relationship with our customer. We're very hands-on. We talk to our customers. If you were to enter an every store, nine times out of 10, a, a stylist working with you would be in the dressing. She would probably come in the dressing room with you and talk to you and get to know you and try to help you find pieces that fit who you are. So because of that, that really commitment to relationship, which was part of the vision, we know our customers really well. And we are obsessed with product at every, all of us, even our top executives, we try on all of our clothes every week. We, you know, we are on Instagram trying on clothes. I, as the CEO every week, I, we, I try on at least 50 of our new arrivals. Wow. We've created a culture because we love products so much. We've created a culture where all of us have permission to play and get excited with product. So I, I think it's definitely, I know it's definitely this really, you know, strong focus on the relationship with our customer and our deep love of product. Mm-hmm. Now combine that with a purpose. So Everive was born um, in that dressing room that day, the idea. And I, the purpose really was to help women like me move forward in their fashion in their lives. Mm-hmm. I was at a time in my life when Every started where I was feeling stuck. I was feeling um, like I needed a little fashion to help me move forward into the, the phase of life I needed. I needed, I need a little fashion pick me up and um, <laughs> I needed something to help me just kind of get unstuck. And sometimes putting what we wear really helps us move forward into wherever we're feeling, you know, feeling stuck a little bit at the time for me in the dressing room, I was a a mom with young kids. I kind of lost myself. I didn't know who I was. I was trying to figure out how to be a mom and how to be a woman, how to be all these things. And I needed fashion to kind of fit with that and help me move forward. So Mm. our purpose at Evrieve is to um, inspire women to move forward in their fashion and in their lives. So that really drives us and motivates us and gives us a purpose that's that's beyond just sales and selling to women. It's much bigger that here at Evereve. Um, so the purpose is a huge part of our success, as well as the people. Yep. We hire people at Evereve that are unapologetically in love with fashion mm. and love people more. Yep. So that's our winning sauce is like, it's, it's about people who do love fashion and they love product, but at the end of the day, what they love more, um, 
are the people that walk through our doors, the people that we work with, the people that we partner with. We've, we prioritize people over product mm. and that's a huge part. And we love product. <laughs> so yeah. that should tell you how much we love people at Emory. Right. That's great. That must be challenging. Well, I don't want to say challenging, but how do you find those people? You know, I mean, it's such a, in right now, retail is going through a lot in terms of quiet quitting, the great resignation. Yeah. I mean, how do you find people that are, you know, have that passion? How do you find that, that spark? Yeah, it's definitely, I, I believe in the law of attraction. Mm. So you, you, as long, as long as you know who you are and you live into who you are. And for us, we are about product. We are about purpose. We are about people. And if we keep sending those messages and keep hopefully delivering upon that, you know, continuing to sharpen our product, continuing to stay focused on our purpose, continuing to just love people while we do it, the right people are just attracted. Mm, so it's definitely, um, I know there's a lot of, of resignation, a lot of conversations about people leaving companies. And while we have had some challenges, I think as we compare ourselves to our peers, we're not as challenged with that. And it is because of that focus. Mm. There's a little, there, I like to say the magic for us in hiring is people love our products. So there's a huge motivation mm. for me as a CEO to keep um, delivering excellence in our product assortment yeah. because that does attract the right people. Yeah, it trickles down. <laughs> it trickles down. And they combine <laughs> that with continuing to put people first and a, a really great purpose. The right people are attracted to the brand if yeah. we do it right. And actually, let's let's um, talk about that a little bit more. Uh, um, and I mentioned this earlier that every you're known for your great work culture, um, and and that is rooted in your heart values, yes. which I think about, which stand for humility, empathy, authenticity, relationships, and tenacity. Yes. So tell me a little bit how you came up with the values and how you instill them in the company. Yeah, I think for me when I think about our company values, I just think about my husband and I as the co as the co-founders. We, my husband and I, started this company together, and when we started, every we had a dream but we didn't have a lot more. We didn't have experience. <laughs> there was a great big dream and a vision, but there wasn't a lot to lean into. We had not done this before. Neither my, neither myself or my husband, we weren't from retail families or retail. We didn't work jobs in retail. I did work part-time at Crate and Barrel, which is a whole nother story <laughs> um, because Gordon Siegel, the founder of Crate and Barrel is on our board and he's an investor in every, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but I um, leaned into, I think when we opened the very first day of um, our store, I didn't have a lot of experience to lean into, but I had this dream. So I leaned into the values that I, I think I just leaned into values as customers came in and I had to learn how to interact with them. So while I didn't have a name for those values at the time, that's just what I did, I think too. And then I started building a team and I didn't have a lot of experience. So I just leaned into some of the values that came from my family, from my husband. And then as we added and, and as we added more people, you know, who kind of helped shape the brand, the values of all of us founding leaders kind of shaped the culture of our store. And um, many years later, as we were building this great culture, we had this great experience. We really leaned into the values of a lot of us founding leaders to help build success in this company. I was challenged with trying to scale this 
and, and try to figure out how are we going to keep the culture mm-hmm. and these, these values, which were sort of unnamed at the time going as we continue to grow. So it was about seven or it was about six years ago, because I know this because my puppy is six, my dog is six <laughs> years old and I had gotten a new puppy and he needed a lot of walks. And we were at a pretty um, pivotal spot in our brand trying to scale quickly. And I was thinking a lot about scaling the culture. Mm. And so I would go out on daily walks with my dog, my little puppy in the early morning, sometimes an hour long walk with this little puppy. Mm. And it was on the walk that I really started thinking about um, our company and the leaders of our company and the culture. And I just started playing with language and words. And, um, the values of, of, of humility, empathy, authenticity, relationship, and tenacity were really the values that kept coming up. And I've always said that Evereve is, it's a dream that was in my heart after that dressing room experience. And so, and I always have believed that, um, that for Evereve success is about our genuine love for the women that come through our doors. And so for me, when I was playing with these values, I came up, I saw that there was this acronym heart and it was just this magical moment after many months of walking this puppy, um, (laughs) that I, I came up with this acronym and this, this kind of expression that we use. And it was, it was called heart. And so I became this crazy heart lady. I'm like, we're going to put hearts everywhere. We're going to put heart, you know, just because I think for me as the founder, I wanted to remind people that this is who we are. Like we're, we're a brand with heart and we're going to treat each other with heart. And so that's really where that was born um, Mm. seven years ago. It was really neat. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Brene Brown, but Brene is a author uh, you sound like maybe you, you I can't know. speak. I can't even speak. I know. I know. <laughs> I was so lucky about this time, maybe a couple of years, a year or two after I, I kind of developed this acronym and started talking about it within our company. Um, I was lucky enough to, I had seen that Brene was shopping with us and oh, I reached out so to exciting. her and I reached out to her and I told, I just thanked her for all the impact. She's a mentor of mine from afar. Right. I've been for many years and really a lot of her language helped shape and scale this brand because I was reading a lot of her books at the same time. This was all happening and feeling like everything she's saying is part of our culture. And it really helped me sort of create scale this company. She put a lot of words to what my experience was in building Evereve. And um, she was just a really important figure for us as at Evereve as we were building this brand. And I reached out to her to thank her for that work. And she was so kind. Several months later, it took a while. <laughs> She's a busy woman. Um, it, she was so kind. She reached out to me, responded to my email many months later. Wow. And she invited me to visit her in wow. Houston. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So as a, cl- not as a client, but just as somebody that was like, right. I want to meet you and I'd love to uh, hear more about your brand. And I shared with her when I was there, I shared with her this acronym that I found. I said, you know, I want to tell you about heart. And she, I remember she was like, that's it. Like that is so valuable. And so that's exactly what businesses need. These val. this is, I remember she was like, this is it. 
this is it, you know? And so it was so fun because we had a great meeting, like a great friend meeting. And a couple months later, she reached out to me again and said, will you come, why don't you come back? And we can talk about how you can maybe take these values and let's work on some behaviors. I can work with you and a couple members of your team on really breaking down these values and talking about what the behaviors are. You know, because it's hard to teach a value. You need to right. you need to be able to get specific about what humility looks like. Like, what is humility? What are the behaviors we can teach? So I was lucky enough to bring about seven friends again, not as a client, just as a right. She's probably doing research on us, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> but I was lucky enough to bring a couple of people back from my team, and we we were able to work with her. And that document has been really important for helping us scale these values and our culture. So I know that's a long question. That's a big question. No, no, but it's a great, I'm so glad that you walked us through it because that is, it it is a complicated topic. I mean, it's not like you can just slap something um, on a piece of paper and just hope that somebody will follow through or it's like, it has to be instilled. It has to be instilled. Yeah. You have to break down those those values and say, what does humility look like? What right. is humility? Like, what's the behavior look like? And, and, and so when we bring people on, we walk through these values and the behaviors and we are, um, where do we talk about the behaviors now, even just looking at that document, I have that document on my desk and I look at it and read it. And I was part of writing it. I'm always jolted. Like I'm always read that and look and go, uh Oh, Like I haven't practiced this today. Like it always Mm. holds me accountable. Mm. It's so good that I I was teasing some the other day. I'm like, we don't even, I mean, we should measure these and we, we talk about them and, but a huge part of even, I think leading them is just, if you're a leader and you're a good human being and you read that document, you really, you see things about yourself that you know you can improve on. <laughs> so it's, it's really good for like just self-leadership, right? You read it, yeah. you're like, whoa, I think I have a lot of areas to grow. So um <laughs> no, I mean, and there is something so like not to we just said how complex it is, but it's also there's something very simplistic about it. You know, it's like the word hard, you can grab it, you know, you yes. can take it with you. It's easy to cut, it's easy to understand. I don't it know. If really, I'm, sense, it, I'm glad you said that. And that was my dilemma was, you know, pre, it was so hard. Everybody talked about our culture pre that walk with my dog. Like everybody was like, oh, this culture is magical. And what is it? And it's so great. And I was like, wow, if I'm going to grow this company and create success for everybody here, I better figure out how to make that, that, um, culture easy to understand. Now I will tell you after I figured it out, I became a crazy heart lady. Like I, (laughs) you know, I was like, we're putting with heart. I signed all my, all my um, emails are signed with heart. Um, I put hearts in our, like, if you walk in our stores, we have mosaics of hearts on the floor. If you were in our office, we have hearts hidden all over. I started looking for hearts. I, I became this heart lady. <laughs> and part of being a leader is you kind of do have to make a little bit of a bold statement. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say at first it was received well. It maybe was received like, why does she talk about hearts? And, you know, <laughs> they're kind of, hearts aren't that cool and it's fashion. Right. We're supposed to be cool. And why are we putting hearts on things? <laughs> and so, um, and I would stand up at the meeting and talk about hearts and 
you know, ever, but what was really interesting was all that work that sometimes I felt a little, not nervous, but a little uncomfortable or awkward with, um, boy, during that pandemic, the timing was just perfect because I had done all that awkward heart lady work before to get out, try to get everybody excited and to accept this acronym and, you know, but, um, during the pandemic is when ever like everybody took that, those, that, that acronym. I mean, mm-hmm. you, everybody was suddenly saying with heart, with heart, we're yeah. heart. let's lead into our values. Heart, heart, heart. We took it to heart. <laughs> we took it to heart. And what was so fun about the pandemic was, I mean, we, I was, I mean, this was like the lowest of low, right? Like as a leader, like, holy cow, that was so hard leading a company through a pandemic. And I was leaning into heart and I, I was so glad we had this acronym and everybody was leaning into those values without me, like with their own, like it started taking on this whole life with each other. But the amazing thing happened was, and I could get emotional talking about it because I went from being the teacher to the student during the mm. pandemic. Mm. So I was, I had been the teacher of these values and wrote the document and, you know, the acronym and was the crazy heart lady. But during the pandemic, I remember thinking, wow, I am now the student watching all of our employees lean into these values and they're reminding me mm. what they look like. And that was a cool moment. Like wow. that, was not, that was like, I get emotional. That was a really fun moment where I feel like I moved from the teacher to the student. Right, because Which, you saw you saw that that what you taught was has had been instilled, and then they were sort of taking it to the next level. Yes, <laughs> right. That is so cool. I, mean, I was like, like that. Whoa, you guys are like, I've got to work on my empathy. I have to work on my humor. Like it was so cool because oh they, and that's like iron sharpens iron, right? Like you want that. It's like the next generation is going yeah. to be, it's going to be 100%. just fine. That's exactly what happened. And it was so cool to watch. Very powerful and really freeing for me as a leader. And it did allow me truthfully to focus on what I needed to focus on during the pandemic was to just get, again, when the stakes are high and you're like, okay, we got to make this company go. Cause there's right. a lot of people accounting on a paycheck product, 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 product. So I was able to sort of be like, wow, this culture has a life. I'm going to get in there and continue to get just even more focused on sharpening our product with our team. And, um, that's, that is, that was the freedom that gave me, which was really fun. That's awesome. I love it. I could talk about this all day. I know it's fun, isn't it? So a um, couple couple uh, more questions about you as a leader. We just kind of talked about that, but um, do you have like a specific like leadership mantra that you aspire to or, you know, or just in general, like how do you yeah. motivate and inspire your team every day? My mantra is never done learning and growing. Keep growing, mm-hmm. keep learning. It's, it's a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. I'm always learning, always things like always learning, always growing, never done learning, never done growing. Um, I think as a leader, that's your number one responsibility mm-hmm. is to, and it's, and to share what you're learning with others that that's, um, that's not everybody does that because sometimes people can feel like it's self-serving to share what you're learning, but mm. I have found that nothing inspires people more 
in my opinion, than having, being around other people that are learning and growing and they're sharing openly what they're learning, how they're learning and growing. I mean, that's super motivating, right? Like when you go out with a friend and you're both sharing how you're growing and learning right? instead of talking about like gossiping, like th- that's more fun, right? Like, <laughs> like to, that's more motivating, right? <laughs> like to talk about that. So I've, I've just found being a student and just that constant passion for learning does a lot with leadership and with quite honestly, with kids too. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like a mom that's always learning kind of fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's not perfect. She doesn't have all the answers. That's really inspiring. It's it's not typical what you would think, but it's in my opinion that's very inspiring. Definitely. Um and I'm sure that's very motivating <clears throat> to your team too because it's see, they see that you're learning and then it kind of gives them the freedom to to learn. I you hope. know, like yeah. well, wait, if if she's spending time on herself, you know, maybe that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and that kind of um, brings me to my next question, which is um, like well-being, mental health, wellness. I mean, these are topics that we continually hear about from our members that they're interested in. Um, They want to know how to how to be holistic leaders. I know. I love um, that. So like, how do you take care of yourself in that regard? And then how do you what do you do to make sure that your team is is healthy in that regard. Yep. Um, for me, taking care of myself is I'm a, I love the conversation of being a whole leader. Um, that's the holistic side of me right. is very important. Um, for me, it, you know, it's always grounded. I have a very strong faith. My faith is very important to me. I spend um, time daily prioritizing prayer mm. and quiet time and journaling and writing Um, that's always been, um, just a part of me. So always for me rooted in my faith journey, um, and particularly spending a lot of time in the early morning, just quiet. Mm. Um, I call it soul work time, Mm. um, which for me, it looks like a lot of reading and writing and praying and all of that. Um, so that's, very important to me. And as, as every was growing and getting bigger and I was, the brand was more successful. I realized that if I didn't prioritize that, that I would not be able to do it. Like I I couldn't keep up with the demands at the point, you know, when I really, I've gone through phases where I've gone in and out of that practice, but really for the past probably nine or 10 years, I've been very, like, I will not not do that. <laughs> it's not good. It's not right. good. And everybody knows it. You don't want to know. You don't want to know what happens, but I, you know, and I, I had to prioritize that and I had to make sacrifices for that. And my kids watched me when I made the decision to start that practice pretty, pretty regularly. My kids were in junior high mm. and in the morning they saw me and they knew I'm not going to talk to mom right now. And I was okay with, that was hard at first. I felt like a bad mom, (laughs) but when I see my kids practice that, and now they're adults and I see the gift that that was, that I gave them was Mm. how to just, you know, spend time rooted and quiet. And so you could listen to the voice. All there's so many voices. Like you can listen to the voice inside your, your mind and your heart. I call it God, you know, God's voice for me, but I feel like that's really a gift that's ended up being a gift for them 
versus like, oh, mom wasn't up making me a huge, I I, I remember telling myself, I I know they can make their own breakfast. Like they're capable, like they're not babies. (laughs) If they're very hungry. So, I mean, that was a hard kind of decision to make because it felt selfish a little bit at the time. But But I I guess that's why it's so important to think about like long-term versus short-term. Yes, I was thinking long-term and I now see it as adults. I see the practices that they have and I'm like, that's that's important to them. So, you know, that's just one that's the, probably the most important practice to me. Um, and then I would say like, whole, like I try a walking, you, I, I, I couldn't, I'm in a phase of life right now where I'm an empty nester and the business is more developed. So we yep. have built an executive team and I have more capacity than I had during those really tough years of building a business, no professional executive team and kids at home. Like that was crazy. So during that time, I'm a walker. Like I walk, I'm, I walk at least three miles a day now, um, at sometimes three to 10, you know, if it's a good weekend, you know, my husband and I work together. So we walked, I found walking to be a very friendly activity. You can do it anywhere. You could travel in New York. You could travel to Seattle. you, You could, you know, do it in the winter in Minnesota. I felt like all I needed was a pair of good walking shoes. And then like, you know, for us in Minnesota hat and get warm. Um, but I could do that pretty much anywhere, any, any time I could get up and, you know, do it at nine at night, put on my little headlamp. I literally like put on a headlamp (laughs) and like, you know, I do all that because it's that important to me. Right. Um, right. So walking has been, and, and it's been fun to walk with my husband because a lot of times we work together, we parented together, we can like get our steps in while talking through a lot of stuff. <laughs> so my husband and I do that too. We, that's when we communicate because yeah. we will work, we work together at home here and we don't even speak to each other the entire day. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a catch up. It's I, a catch love, up. I love doing it. I need to do it more, but uh, we, we walk every night after we walk every night. And, um, I think that's been really healthy in, I mean, some of the biggest problems have been solved on a walk and for, I find like, even if you think about creating heart, the acronym heart, like that was done on a walk. So walking, and it's healthy. It's healthy for your heart. It's so healthy. And by the way, <laughs> it, it's, I, I am friends with a cardiologist and she said, and I, I agree that what's really important is that you're doing low impact, sustainable health practices instead of like going to the gym, working, you know, two hours, three hours where you don't have that time. So you don't do, you either do it or you don't like, I'm just more into like sustainable, Mm -hmm. low impact, but do it more often. Yeah. Kind of that's my mindset. Um, Since now my kids are gone, I still walk and the dog helps. I go to the dog park a lot with my dog and I do count it as you know, thinking time. I, yes. I solve big problems at the dog park. Um, but I have been swimming at night. That's new for me. Oh. And I decided, I feel like coming out of the pandemic, I feel like reestablishing pat we're at a place right now, or at least I am where I feel like we're not going backwards. Right. Like if right, I feel like, Oh, I don't <laughs> think this Thanksgiving grandma can't come. Like, I think it's like yeah. good. Like, I think we're good. And so I feel like I'm just in this phase of like reestablishing practices 
and getting new habits figured out. Cause I think there are more habits that were developed during the pandemic that need to be broken. Mm-hmm. And for me, the big one was scrolling Instagram at eight o'clock at night. Like that was my big pandemic, horrible habit that worked, that provided a little fun. Maybe not, maybe terror sometimes, but like, <laughs> but like provided like entertainment maybe during the pandemic. But I felt like, nope, that needs to be broken. That needs to be gone. Like that is right. not healthy. That maybe was a survival tactic during the pandemic, but now that needs to be done. So now I'm replaced. I've replaced that time with swimming at Ooh. the gym. And that's new. That's new for me. And I've been doing it for like six months and it's so fun. I love it. And I feel like it's really good. I look forward to it. It's not, yeah, you're, you're inspiring me because I was a swimmer growing up and I just haven't been doing it because it's a pain in the neck to get to the pool, but there is something so, um, you just feel so good afterwards. Like your lungs feel good or something. Oh, I don't know what it it's is. So And it's peaceful. Yeah. And it's, it's I go quiet. At, you can't I go not at, be quiet. It's You're, quiet. I go at eight o'clock at night. I literally like put my bathing suit on at home. I put my, I'm not kidding. I put my pajamas on. I go over to the gym. No one sees, no one's there. It's awesome. Yeah. No one's there at eight o'clock at night where I, I would just be scrolling my Instagram. Right. And then I, I go and I, and I was not a swimmer. So this felt vulnerable. Like I actually put a bathing cap on like a, like I have never done that in my entire life. I was like so horrified. I'm like, if someone sees me here, this is going to be awful, but I don't care. No one's there. No one is there at eight o'clock at night. It's the best. And so it almost feels like, um, an extended bath. But it, it is enough <laughs> where like I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting a good workout and moving the body. So that that's been something new. That's a wellness practice that I'm real excited about. That's great. So I'm going to, we're going to have to wrap it up really soon, even though I wish that we could talk even longer, but um, this, this is um, our first podcast of the, of the new year, 2023. So what are you most looking forward to this year, personally and professionally? Professionally, um, I'm really excited about where Everive is. We, um, we've had a fantastic year, the best year in our company's history. We have a A plus executive team. We've done a really great job coming out of the pandemic, delivering fashion that we know our customer wants. I'm excited to work on brand this year, um, work on just creatively, showing our, our, our brand, our culture, um, creatively through the digital experience. So that's a huge piece continuing to delight and surprise our customers. I'm really excited about that this year, professionally, um, personally, what I'm excited about, I'm just at a really fun place as a new empty nester. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm turning 50, um, in July. I'm, you kind of reevaluate, you, you, you reevaluate who you are and you kind of (laughs) say like, what do I want my next half of my life to look like? Who do I want to be? So a lot of thinking and goal setting. And I hope by July 3rd, when I turn 50, I have a really clear vision of where I'm going, um, for the next chapter of my life, not professionally, but personally, I, I think there's a story in there of just my generosity, my giving back. And what that's going to look like, getting clearer mm. on that, mm. whether, you know, mentorship, um, finances, what it looks like right. to give back to the community, mm. um, continue to I, we give back. But what does that look like? And, and a lot of thinking around that. So those are yeah. some of the things that I'm thinking about. 
Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, Megan, this has been a joy. I've loved talking to you. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Um, I know our, our listeners are going to be thrilled to hear your story. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Everyone is so busy. So it really means a lot. And hopefully we can connect in, in the future. Thank you, Melissa. I hope I get to meet you someday. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at womeninretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Women in Retail Talks is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review. To learn more about women in retail and become a member of this amazing community, visit womeninretail.com. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Women in Retail Talks.